Welcome to the Ghost of News Sports Podcast. I'm sports editor Ghost Greg Time, and with me is sports reporter Austin Huff. And Austin, we are still doing this virtually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You almost said sports report, sports editor Ghost of News, Greg. That I would know. Be I know. I, I had to bite my tongue there for a second, but uh, what would I that make me? Get old. What would that make me? Sports reporter Goshen News? Would yeah. I be sports reporter Goshen News? Right. Or, okay. That'd be cool. I could take that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, another week uh, in quarantine. Uh, we thought maybe we'd be back in the studio this week, but we are not. Uh, hopefully we can get back soon. I know uh, Governor Holcomb rolled out his plan last Friday and saying that we can maybe go back into the office. Working from home is still recommended, but you could go back into the office, yeah. it looks like. So we'll see. Maybe we'll be back in next week. Who knows? Um, but yeah. For as of now, though, we are located at our respective places of residence in Goshen, Indiana, as long, along with our producer, Sheila. So, Right. Who is patiently waiting to join in on the sports conversation. I'll let you know. But. I'm, I'm determined to get her on the podcast at least once. Okay? Yeah. At least once. We have to do a sports tri- trivia game. We, I've already thought of it. We'll do some sports trivia, and we'll talk to Sheila about it. We'll ask her questions. <laughs> for, every, for every question she gets right, uh, we'll think of a prize. I don't know. I, I didn't think that part through yet, so we'll think of something. Though. Okay. Well, on, on to the world of sports. Uh, we lost a NFL coaching legend yesterday in Don Shula, the mm-hmm. architect of the Miami Dolphins back in the 70s, to a 17-0 record in 1972, the only undefeated season in NFL history. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. You know, in the history of the game, there's only been one undefeated team ever. Right. You know, it's pretty remarkable feat. And obviously – uh, we've had, there's been numerous, or not say numerous, but a couple 18 and one teams, obviously like the 85 bears, uh, being the most, uh, notable of those, at least to us, uh, obviously in 2007, the Patriots went 18 and one as well, uh, but lost the Super Bowl. So they're the, the quote unquote worst 18 and one team of all time. Uh, and I remember watching that game when I was 13 and that was pretty shocking to see them go down like that, how they did, uh, in that Super Bowl. But yeah, Shula uh, obviously, you know, left an incredible impact uh, coaching the Dolphins. I believe he won two Super Bowls with them. Correct me if I'm wrong. With them, yes. He yeah. won a total, an NFL record, 347 games in his career. He coached 33 years in the NFL and had two losing seasons. That's unbelievable. It is. It's unbelievable. Like, and think about that. Like, Bill Belichick has had a couple losing seasons. And granted, they were before he came to New England, usually. But even in New England, he's had at least one losing season, I think, the year after they won their first Super Bowl. They went 7-9. to So, it's crazy to think about how he not only was a successful head coach, but sustained it for so long. You know, you don't really see that anymore, at least in the modern modern period. You don't see that really ever. So, I mean, I couldn't even – I can't even think about right now after Belichick, who's the longest-tenured coach in the NFL right now. It's not that long, you know, off the top of my head. Pete Carroll, maybe? I don't even, I don't even There's know. There's so much turnover anymore that you don't get long, long-term coaches anymore right. in the game. Right, and even some that have been coaching for a long time, like Andy Reid, you know, he spent 15 years in Philly, and now he's been coaching in Kansas City for the last five or six, you know. Right. So even – Long-term coaches get new jobs, so it's just kind of crazy to think about. 
one of the one of the things I I really admire about that undefeated team back in '72, they did it the old-fashioned way. They had a power running game and a good defense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they take those players, from what I've read, take so much pride in the fact that they were the only team to be undefeated that some of them actually get together and toast with champagne every NFL season when the last team the last previously unbeaten team loses finally yeah yeah they have I'm not, a party not surprised <laughs> by that that's a no. by that but yeah that is kind of funny you know uh but yeah i mean the Hey, if you, if you want to man do it you know god bless right let them celebrate and uh yeah, yeah. and obviously yeah shula I, I, honestly it's amazing that he shula lived as long as he did he's not he was 90 years old you know he kind of been hanging out here what felt like for the last couple of years uh, so, uh, obviously still very sad news and, and he was a, an icon and in the game. And I mean, arguably, well, I mean, he's definitely the top five coaches of all time. Oh. I mean, you have to be, you have the most have wins, be, right? Yeah. But yeah. So most he's yeah. up there with, you know, all of the coaching greats, Tom Landry, Bill Belichick, uh, um, Marty. The, uh, Walsh, Walsh from, uh, Bill Walsh, right. Yeah. From, Yeah. I'm just blanking on Marty. Right. Uh, you got George right. Alice was a great coach, too, even though he's more known for owning the Bears than anything. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, you're those are all the greatest right there of all time. You can throw them all on a list and right. rank them in any order you want. I'm, I'm okay with it. So, uh, And one of the things, too, I, I gathered this when I was doing a little research on Shula. He coached three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. He had Johnny Unitas in Baltimore. That he coached Bob Greasy and Dan Marino not in Miami. That's some pretty good coaching resume there. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Who's the Who's the best of those three? It's It's hard to say. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, of, one of the other things I ran across that I I found interesting that wouldn't fit in today's game was how much they relied on the run. Bob Greasy in Miami's two Super Bowl appearances, their two victories, threw a total of 18 passes. I think I think uh, guys throw 18 passes in a quarter now. They do. Like Patrick Mahomes, yeah. if you told me Patrick Mahomes was only going to throw 18 times in a game, I would say, oh, what did he do, throw like five touchdown passes or something, and they took him out in the second half? Like that, yeah. would, <laughs> that would be it, right? So. And- I found this quote interesting in an AP story today about Chula. He said, we'd win the toss, keep the ball seven or eight minutes, score a touchdown, hold them three and out, hold on to the ball for seven or eight more minutes, score a touchdown, be up 14, ha- 14 nothing, and the first half's almost over with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't really see that as much in the modern NFL anymore. Uh, no, you don't. possessions. Just the nature of the game. It's just an evolving game. Nothing wrong with the new style or – or wrong with the old style, you know, it's just an evolving right. sport. Everything progresses naturally like that. And uh, yeah, but yeah, the, uh, the, the tributes came in a lot, you know, from everyone about Shula passing and, and uh, you could tell, you know, he's obviously he's left a huge impact in the world of sports. So uh, yeah, you can't, right. He just, he was just a great coach and, you know, and yeah, he's, he'll go down in history, right? He's the only coach, only coach to lead a perfect team and, any of the four major pro sports in America. So as of now, at least. As so. of now, yeah. Mm-hmm. So them and uh, the 75-76 IU Hoosiers basketball, it's the only teams really left that are the uh, last undefeateds, right, in any of these 
I guess college football, you get it a lot, but at least in the college basketball and, and the NFL worlds, you got to go back to the seventies. On a local level, you and I have been doing a series of stories called unsung athletes. Yes. We really ran across some very interesting tales. Mm-hmm. I did a story yeah. last week on uh, Ocean High School senior Tommy Cartagena Garcia. He was He's a native of Puerto Rico. He's living down there with his dad. Moved from Puerto Rico like five or six months before the hurricane hit down there and devastated that island. Moved to Goshen here. Didn't speak a word of English when he got to Goshen High School. And yet now here he is graduating this year and looking to go on to college. It's a pretty remarkable story. I mean, it really, like you know, avoiding the disaster that hit Puerto Rico in 2017 and being able to come up here and, and use sports as a way to become, you know, a, an American citizen, basically. Right. You know, using sports yeah. to learn everything. And yeah. uh, it was really remarkable just hearing his story, reading about it. Uh, and, yeah, we've, we've been very uh, fortunate. We've been able to share some of these really cool stories. I think the, my favorite one that I, one of my favorite ones that I've been able to write at least was uh, Bethany Christian's Malachi Lind. Uh, he's basically legally blind. Uh, he, he's almost there. He's not officially, I think, but he's right. pretty blind and he still plays soccer and he still was a manager with the basketball team and he does musicals and plays and he helps out at the Goshen Farmers Market and like, Man, just talking to the kid, he had, like, so much, like, confidence. <laughs> he kept on calling him, like, kept on referring to himself in the third person, which was kind of funny. Um, but he just was, seemed like a, such a great, like, kid, just a confident kid. And uh, it was really cool to see how, like, you know, he hasn't let this eye condition, you know, stop him from doing what he wants to do, basically. You know, he, he still isn't involved in everything he would want to be involved in, even though he can't see that well. So I thought that was remarkable just talking to that guy and, and learning his life story and everything. So, yeah. And th- the thing is, these are great stories, probably stories we wouldn't have time to do at this time of the year, if it would be for the COVID-19 virus, because we'd be up to our next and beyond in high school spring sports coverage. Right. Right. And, uh, the, you know, that's what I've been telling people kind of uh, a little bit is just, in a weird way, this coronavirus canceling live sports has been a blessing in that sense, where we get to tell these stories that we wouldn't be able to get to tell. You know, uh, I've, I've noticed that a lot with the Goshen College uh, GOAT series I've been working on as well. You know, these are stories that I probably wouldn't have time to track down right now because I would be getting ready to head out to cover a baseball game or a softball game or, you know, track meet or tennis or whatever. Right. And Instead, now I get don't forget golf. Golf, sorry, golf, golf. I apologize to all our golfers out there. <laughs> um, but you know, this is just a—it's uh, a time now where we we have a lot of time to just to be able to sit down and write these stories and t- tell these stories that, like you said, we wouldn't be able to normally tell. And uh, in a weird way, like I said, it's been a blessing in that sense because we, you know, we get a—I think we've received a ton of positive feedback from our stories. I know. Uh, a lot of the athletes that I've talked to are like really appreciative of like all the stories and all the content we're writing. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been super cool for me, at least just to be able to like really focus on, you know, doing these types of stories and, and shining a spotlight on kids that wouldn't maybe get a spotlight sh- shown, shined on them, shined on them. Yeah, sure. Shown on them. <laughs> sure. Words, they're hard, you know, so 
Yeah, I know. I've had a couple coaches tell me, thanks, you know, for taking the time to do this and, and to highlight these kids and give them a chance to get their stories out there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really cool. And I, and I think it, again, just being able to spotlight some of these kids um, who maybe don't get the headlines for being a superb athlete, but, you know, are still involved in athletics and do all these other things that you wouldn't even know you know like in the community or at the school or whatever it, it's really fascinating to me and I've, i really uh it's really opened my eyes a little bit too about some of the athletes that we cover so i know i just finished my story today on uh, northwood's cooper davis a baseball player mm-hmm. he, actually, he was a football player too at northwood but during this in his second game of his sophomore season he tore his acl in his left knee Mm. And that pretty much ended his football career. He gave up on football, focused on basketball. The, se- he, the kid goes from injuring himself in the second game of the football season to playing on the baseball team that some- that spring. That's crazy. That injury should be eight to nine months off. And he was yeah. back in four. That's yeah. unbelievable. Coach A.J. Reisdorf at Northwood, when I talked to him, said, we didn't think he was being realistic when he was talking about coming back to play baseball that spring. But he said he did it. I think he I think he pitched in five games that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, yeah, I've got, yeah, he pitched in five games that year. Then he came back as a junior, had a four and zero record with a one point seven five ERA, as basically a third starter on the team because he was behind Alex Holcomb and Matt Detkowski, two of the seniors on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Davis would have been their top returning pitcher this year uh, for sure. So. And then to lose the season due to the COVID virus like that, after he's, how so hard is he worked to get back in shape to play again? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's kind of, it's a sad story from that standpoint. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he was a good kid and uh, you know, it's tough, you know, all these seniors are losing their senior, senior seasons and it, you, you just feel bad for them because it's, you know, something you work for your whole high school life, your whole life period, you know, if you're an athlete usually. So it's just tough to see all these cancellations. And uh, I know I've got a story coming today, too. One of the unsung athletes about Alyssa File from Concord. Uh, she actually does a ton of work in the athletic trainer's office. Uh, kind of a fun little story from that, that she was at the fall sports awards season uh, banquet in October, and Dave Preheim, the AD, called her up to the front of the stage and asked for everyone to raise their hands if they have like, interacted with Alyssa in any way in the athletic trainer's room, whether it was like taping an ankle or wrist or whatever. And she said like 95% of the people raised their hands. Like she's that involved with the students uh, in the fall and the athletes and helping them get ready for games. And, you know, again, you wouldn't even really realize that unless you talk to her and, uh, you know, she was a great student as well. And, does a bunch of other things like 4-H. Um, so she's really involved and super busy. And uh, it was really interesting talking to her too, just about like, you know, she has something going on now. And she's like so bored. Uh, she doesn't have to keep her planner anymore. So she's oh. really, she doesn't know what to do. So there's nothing to write down. Um, but yeah, pretty yeah. cool. So yeah, these are really cool stories, like I said. And, and, and um, you know, every athlete we talked to was awesome. I mean, Michael Weaver from West Noble is going to the Marine Corps, you know what I mean? And, and he wants to be a firefighter or a police officer, you know, I mean, just all about service, you know, to this country, which is really cool, you know? So these are some great stories, some great kids to talk to, and hopefully, uh, 
you know, we've, we've done a good enough job in, in highlighting them and spotlighting them during this, you know, difficult, unusual time in the world. So I, I had respect for trainers, athletic trainers, but I gave even more respect reading your story on file today. When she said, I think they take like 20 or 30 ankles in a 30 minute period before a game. And I'm thinking, I've watched those guys tape ankles before, and I, I think it would take me about two days to do the same thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It's impressive. It really is uh, crazy. So, yeah, we got those coming. There. Hopefully we'll get the, all of them published by the end of this week. Uh, that's Hopefully we'll see. It depends on just how much you know, space we get in the paper. But for sure those will be coming through. Right. We've got some other story ideas that we're working on, some other different types of series of stories and things like that. So I'm excited for the future of the Gosher News Sports Department uh, here in the next couple months. And if everything goes to plan, hopefully we can get to July 4th and be back to normal. And then uh, we'll be covering the county fair. Yeah. That's the plan as of right now. Now, according to what Roger said in our meeting today, the, I don't Purdue is in charge of all the 4-H programs and they're supposed to make a decision on May 15th about yeah. county fairs and things like that. So we'll see what happens. One other thing locally you got coming is hopefully I'm going to have the story for maybe Saturday, depending on space, or probably Monday. Jim Buller, the longtime Bethany Christian boys basketball coach, announced yesterday that he is retiring from Bethany Christian. He's been the a guidance counselor since he gave up coaching a few years ago. He's got four decades of involvement in that school out there in Bethany Christian. That's like hard to wrap my brain around. You know what I mean? Longer like, than you've been alive, Austin. Very much longer than I've been alive. <laughs> okay. Very much. By like 15 years. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what was cool was I watched uh, – they've been posting a bunch of videos on Facebook kind of giving shout-outs and, and met, you know, uh, thank you messages to Jim. And it kind of blew my mind that uh, Gary Chuff, the athletic director there, talked about how he was a student under Jim and then worked, like, with Jim. And Jim technically, like, worked for Gary, in a sense, for being the basketball coach to the athletic director. So it is kind of funny how it's yeah. kind of like it all was a journey for Gary to that to with Jim and his life and things like that. So I thought that was uh, a pretty cool video. And, Ga and Gary talked about how he did so bad on a test that Jim just crumpled up the paper and threw it at him. <laughs> didn't, even give him didn't even give him any feedback. He was like, you got to do better, Gary. And, and uh, you know what? Gary did. So uh, lesson learned, I guess. So, That's funny. Yeah, that was great. That was a funny little story. Uh, so, yeah, heck of a career, heck of a time, man. 40-plus years at a place is really impressive. Uh, so. And he, he was a heck of a coach, too. He was one, one guy that I always said should be coaching kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he had the ability to mentor those kids and to turn them into more than just basketball players. Jim turned out good citizens, good kids that went on to do good things in life. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, good luck to him in retirement. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm way far away from that. So I haven't even thought about that word. <laughs> but to be, hopefully he enjoys it. And, uh, you know, he's, he seems like a great guy. I'm not sure if I've ever interacted with him personally. Um, obviously he wasn't the coach here, uh, the last couple of years that I've been in and have been around, but, uh, yeah, you know, God, you know, good, good luck to him and, and, and enjoying his, um, his time off, you know? 
we're all kind of all going through our own retirement right now, being stuck in our homes all day, right? So yeah. we're, uh, you know, you did something right when the school names the basketball floor after you. Yes, Bethany yeah. Bruins now play on Buller Court at the Meadowlands, which at is the, the Meadowlands, best, right, which so. is the best nickname in the whole state ever. So, all right, um, yeah. All right. So any, anything Not else? Much else going on? Is there, Austin? Uh, no, just oh, we're anyway. Notre Dame. Make a quick note. Yeah, we, uh, we, the distinguished members of the media, which Jack Swarbrick made sure to thank, uh, talked to us today, the Notre Dame athletic director, and uh, he had some, some interesting comments, I think. The one thing that jumped out to me the most, I thought, was um, talking about recruiting. He mentioned that, you know, a lot of the virtual recruiting that's being taking place right now has actually gone – relatively well I think he said well enough was his direct quote and that could be something that maybe they move towards in the future where they maybe don't spend as much money on traveling for recruiting as opposed to just doing it virtually so that could be interesting um you know obviously Notre Dame is a football program that recruits across the country and in Hawaii uh they've hit Hawaii a lot uh, recently, obviously, with like Manti Teo and Alohi Gilman, um, just to name a few. So, you know, maybe that affects recruiting in the future. Uh, we'll see, I guess. One of my friends from some of my friends that I talked to in business <clears throat> say companies are leaning towards these virtual meetings now mm-hmm. rather than have people travel because one, you know, it cuts down on costs, it cuts down on the lost time out of the office while you're traveling from these meetings. So this might become a trend of the future, not only in sports, but in business too. Right. I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah. That, I mean, that could be a thing too. Right. So, and uh, the other thing that was kind of, well, a couple of notes just in general, first off, they said that they are tentatively still on schedule to play Navy in Ireland as of now, but they're taking it day by day for that. Um, May 15th, well, is still a day they are targeting in terms of when they will announce if uh, students can come back to campus for the second term of the summer. Uh, yeah, right. As of now, all first term summer classes are online and athletes and students cannot be on campus. But I believe the second term starts uh, July 5th or July 6th, right after the 4th of July. And that's obviously right online with Holcomb's projection of being able to open up fully again so we will see if notre dame follows suit in that regard we will have more of a definitive announcement on may 15th according to swarbrick and that's what brian kelly said last month too so uh we're still looking at that date and then for me the last the last question you got asked about i thought was maybe the more maybe one of the more interesting ones he was asked about if muffet mcgraw will have a statue built outside of uh purcell pavilion and uh, he said, quote, we will honor her in an appropriate way. I don't know what that means, but okay. Maybe they'll put a pair of her high heels out there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't they know. What high heels. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, uh, so, because the question was set up how, like, every coach that's won a national title in football has a statue outside of Notre Dame Stadium. So will something be similar built in that regard? And, um, so he didn't say yes, but he also didn't say no. Didn't say no. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. Um, 
I'm sure they – it would be really – I don't know if head-scratching is the right word, but, like, it would feel very – it would be weird if they didn't build a statue, right? Like, she's right. – she is the Newt Rockney of football or women's basketball at Notre Dame. So, Correct. you know, if she's not – I mean, if she doesn't get a statue, like, she better get something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just something. So, I mean, she's – you know, we were talking a little bit ago about – the top five coaches in NFL history. She's got to be one of the top five in co- women's college basketball history. Right. It's her, uh, Pat Summit, Gino Ariema, uh, you know, and then you can name two others, you know. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I would be hard-pressed to think that they wouldn't do some sort of statue-type thing outside of the pavilion to uh, or Joyce Center. What is it, Joyce Center or is it personal pavilion? Is it – does it? I think it's Purcell Pavilion now. At, at the Joyce Center, right? It's like something like that. Yeah, it's too many words. It's too yeah. many words. You know, Notre Dame Stadium, pretty straightforward. You know, so yeah. So I, I thought that was the takeaways from Swarbrick's press conference today. I mean, we're waiting and seeing, just like everyone else is basically the vibe I got. So and you know, no one, no one knows really what they want to do right now. They're just all trying to figure out plans, and they're taking it. Day by day. So it's, yeah, it's, we're in the same spot we pretty much were six weeks ago for the most part. We'll yep. see though. We'll see. May 15th is like the next big day. So in 10, 10 days from this recording. So, yes, 10 days. Our, our May 19th podcast will have great reaction to our, uh, you know, Swarbrick Notre Dame news. So if we even get to a May 19th podcast, hopefully uh, Sheila doesn't cancel us by then. I don't know. She just rolled her eyes when you mentioned that. So I don't know what that was all about. But well, we'll try to not get canceled in the next two weeks. So yeah, we'll no, no, prom- no promises. So I'm all right, Austin. Anything else for the good of the fans here? I, I think I'm good. I think I'm. I think I'm good. I've gotten my two cents out about all the all the okay. stuff I need to talk about. All right, folks. Well, that'll wrap up another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. And join us in next week for another broadcast.